Hello, I'm Melinda Fellner, Chair of Carter, Ledyard, and Melbourne's Tax Department. Welcome to Tax Tete a Tete. As the name of the podcast connotes, I'm going to be bringing you head to head tax discussion on topics with super minds in the space. The title, Tax Tete a Tete, represents a combination of my undergraduate training as a French major with my legal expertise in tax. So buckle up and get ready. We're going to have some fun. Hello, tax fans. I'm Melinda Fellner. I'm here with Vinay Navani, a super mind in the tax space and a shareholder with the preeminent accounting firm of Wilkin and Gutton Plan. Good morning, Vinay. Well, good morning, Melinda. I don't know about the super mind piece, but I'm happy to and excited to talk to you about the types of tax stuff we're going to talk about today. This is going to be exciting because in this series, we're going to look at a variety of choice of entity issues. Basically, when you're thinking about starting a business on your own, or forming a business with others. We're going to talk about what forms are available generally and why choose one over the other. So let's go over the basic choices from a tax perspective and we'll discuss them. I thought we could talk about sole proprietorships first, um, Vinay. So when I think of a sole proprietorship, I think of that them as kind of the original way of doing business, like in the old days when a lawyer would hang out a shingle what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it has to be part of the conversation, but almost never do we end up recommending to a client to operate as a sole proprietorship just because there's so many other great options out there. Uh, usually I find most sole proprietorships to be kind of accidental. Somebody has doing work on Etsy and making stuff and, you know, it goes from being a hobby into a business and it just, you know, it just mushrooms and explodes. And before you know it, you, you've got a trade or business using a tax technical tax term. And if you don't have an entity, you got a sole proprietorship. Right. That's a great point that I think oftentimes clients don't realize that they end up in some sort of situation just de facto by operating a business without actually formalizing it from a corporate or tax perspective. So it's a great point. A lot of times people will come to us while we're preparing their tax return after the year is over and saying, oh, by the way, I, you know, made $20,000 doing something. Right. And so we're kind of in hindsight reporting it on a as a sole proprietorship. Right. And you would do that, though, on the taxpayer's Schedule C on their 1040, Correct. right? Correct. And just one other note is that any earnings from that will also be subject to self-employment tax, which is kind of the equivalent of FICAD Medicare for somebody who's who's working as an employee. So that also comes along with being a sole proprietor. Right. I guess the good part to it, though, is that even though you haven't formalized your business, if you're in you're in one of these vanilla sole proprietorships, you still get all of the tax benefits that you would if you were a formalized business, right? It flows through. So, so that's so an outstanding point because so many people think that you have to be a corporation or some sort of legal entity to get more tax deductions. Um, or, you know, as people will come to me, I need more write-offs. I need to form a corporation. You know, that's kind of cocktail sure. uh, party talk. I mean, at the end of the day, with very few exceptions, I can think of if you're, in a, if you're in a business activity under the tax code, you're in a business activity, whether you're a sole proprietorship or any of the other entities we're going to talk about later. And we'll talk about, I mean, that's going to dovetail and we're going to talk about in another installation of this, limited liability companies, because that's really the formalization, a single member LLC for this. But we'll talk about that other in another segment. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like your point that really from a legal perspective too, even if somebody is conducting one of these sole proprietorships, we would recommend as lawyers that the agreement be formalized. 
that you're not just kind of winging it. Well, it would be formalized insofar as forming one of these other entities. Right, right, right. right. And I guess, you know, the other point I'll make, and this is purely, this is not tax technical, but I think there's a perception, um, maybe by the IRS, that if you are a sole proprietorship and you don't have a a lot of gross revenue, um, I'm going to, you know, just for argument's sake, something less than $50,000. There might be a perception that this is either more of a hobby or that maybe there are perhaps some personal expenses that are being um, recorded through the Schedule C. So you do see a little bit of heightened audit activity for um, Schedule C's or sole proprietorships with relatively low gross receipts or maybe losses for one of those two concerns that perhaps it's a hobby, meaning that you're doing something, yeah, it makes money, but you're really not doing it because you're trying to make money. Right. Or perhaps there's some expenses being deducted that really shouldn't be, you know, deducted. Um, so those those are kind of two things we watch out for with sole proprietorships. Interesting, and we could probably dedicate an entire discussion to the hobby loss rules. Yes, yes. So maybe we will. Maybe we That's will. Interesting. Thanks for listening to part one. If you have interest in the other parts of our series, please find them in your feed or on our website, clm.com. See you all next time.